Hey folks, Zach Osmer here, you Insider, Indianapolis Star. It is Sunday night, September 4th, 2022. Dustin, I'm, I'm wearing my 2021 World Series champion Atlanta Braves hat. Many people, many people are saying that, Dustin. Yes, they did, in fact, win the 2021 World Series. You're hearing it more and more. Um, You're hearing it more and more that it happened. You're only a game back of the Mets in case Ralph Russo happens to be listening. Um, <laughs> I doubt Ralph is listening. God help him if he is. Um, Indiana 23, Illinois 20. I think everybody will know, Dustin, why we're here. Um, I just kind of want to talk. I mean, just I think just kind of break down the game. I think the aim probably during the season is maybe a couple of these, one on – the Sunday or the Monday sort of breaking on the previous weekend. And then one later in the week, sort of looking ahead to the, the week ahead. Um, mm. You know, I mean, fundamentally Indiana needed to win this game. They needed yes. to win it for the tangible reasons to make the, the numbers add up to six at the end of the year, they needed to win it to kind of get back to that place where they were the, the Indiana that made sure they beat all the teams below them in the big 10. They needed to win it because it was at home and they needed to win it because they needed to be able to tell themselves that 2021 was over. Yes. Um, all the above. It wasn't gorgeous. Um, I've seen Indiana bowl teams play a lot worse in season openers. Um, that doesn't mean this one is a bowl team, but the, the point is, assuming for better or for worse that what Indiana was on Friday night is what Indiana will be all year um, is, is faulty. Um, but they needed this win and they got it. And I think that's the, the one thing that Tom Allen is allowed to celebrate as much as anything else when he's walking out of the room yelling, go Hoosiers on Friday night. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think just, you just had to be there, show up, show some grit, like just that, that something, um, I guess tangible, tangibly intangible, if you will, I guess is, an, is a weird way of putting it. But just the fact that they 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 put all this a lot of what they talked about with those all offseason was accountability. And the accountability was based on the idea of that guys felt like other guys quit. Guys felt like other guys packed it in uh, once the season got tough enough, especially once it was impossible for them to make a bowl. But even when it became clear that 2021 was not going to be the special season that it was supposed to be, uh, there was the sense that the guys just never, never really bought into the secondary goals. Once, once the idea of having a truly special season was gone, it just seemed like they're, um, and part of that was because a lot of guys were hurt, but all the same just did not seem like guys were invested in just, just, just trying to get wins at all, just trying to win a football game. Um, and you saw that in game one, you, you saw, you saw in game one that they finally did that. They did the opposite. Basically. They, they went all out and they, they, in spite of a lot of things going wrong and a lot of things being disconcerting, um, kept seeing opportunities to change the game around, kept, kept seeing opportunities to turn it made, you know, turnovers when they could. I mean, the, you know, the, the goal, goal line stand is, a, is, is you know, basically the perfect example of that, of, you know, like it's they're running it down your throat. They're not having any problem getting it to Chase Brown and him just running you over. Uh, you know, they're just a couple of yards away from putting this thing in and possibly putting this game away and saying, no, you're not. You know, is we're going to find a way to uh, win up the middle. And they, and they hadn't, you know, they, they were bad on offense in the trenches. They weren't great on defenses in the trenches either. But for like two or three plays when they absolutely had to be, they found a way. And that I think was a pretty big microcosm of what they hadn't been a year ago and what they really want to be this year and being able to summon that and be able to say, like, look what happens when, you know, when, when you play with grit, when you don't give up, um, you know, I, I think was, was so big for Tom Allen and just the sense of what it's like to win a big 10 football game. Uh, there's just so much relief um, 
and you know, basically the, that you see saw on that man's face last night. And, and, you know, he, he likes it. He, like I said in the um, post game video, we did that, that this is as emotional as I've ever seen him as much as he's an emotional guy. Um, you know, this one meant a lot to him and he, and he, and he does absolutely, you know, have every right to celebrate that one. Uh, you know, just puts them in a really good place that they get two non-conference games after this two very winnable non-conference games after this before Cincinnati, which is going to be tough. Um, but now, now they get to, you know, kind of take what they've learned and kind of take their time with with fixing that. Uh, but the, getting to do that at one and zero with a win over Illinois with versus zero and one is is a really really big deal. I want to zoom in, um, then zoom out again. And you brought up the defensive performance in particular, um, so let's start there. And I, I, I just kind of I watched, I kind of speed read my way through the film, if you want to say um, a little bit yesterday and today. Um, the, the, the thing I couldn't get away from, and I felt it in real time, I certainly felt it watching it again, that this was a Tom Allen defense that, you know, this was, this was the, this is the idea he's built. It's, it's built to be versatile. It's built to, it's built to be played fast against, which quite frankly, as the game wore on, you could tell Illinois defense was not necessarily built that way. Um, it's, it's not going to smother most teams because it's not necessarily going to have that top line talent that just allows you to win a bunch of individual matchups. Um, but it's going to make plays when they're there to be made. Um, you know, you look at some of the, I mean, even like the first turnover, the Luke Ford fumble, it, it, we hear so much about them doing, you know, these, these drills and different things in practice that, that are supposed to sort of help manufacture turnovers. It's literally Ford like running parallel to the, the, the yard line where he caught the ball and Alfred Bryant just putting his shoulder into the ball, not the man, the ball. I mean, it's, it's intentional. Um, you know, you bring up the, the goal line stand. I think something else that, that jumps out to me as I'm just sort of like flipping through um, the post game notes is, and, and certainly once you're kind of thinking back to the way the game went, who was around, I mean, like, Cam Jones was all over the place, but nobody else had more than seven tackles. You had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players that registered at least half a tackle for a loss. Um, three different players forced fumbles. My, my point is, you know, Tom Allen defenses are are built around the idea that the collective commits to being very opportunistic, but also creating those opportunities for itself. You know, th there were some things that, that weren't great. Um, obviously you don't want to let a running back go for almost 200 on you. Um, I thought that it was really noticeable. I thought it was noticeable in real time and even more noticeable watching it back, how dialed into Indiana slot blitzes Illinois was. That was something that worked really well for Indiana, particularly in 2020 they had a lot of success blitzing out of the slot with Taiwan Mullen, Illinois either ran away from it or threw straight into it. Like basically every time they tried to do it. And that's some, that's one of those things where are you disguising it wrong? Is there something you're showing that you shouldn't be, but that's the, you know, that that's the sort of thing Tom Allen wants to be able to do. But on the other hand, you know, linebacker blitzes were good. We saw obviously Cam Jones, but Desan McCullough, Bradley Jennings, um, Aaron Casey getting in the backfield. There was just so much about Friday night that felt like the, 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 the sort of, you know, if you want to say the quintessential Tom Allen defensive performance that I remember Kevin Wilson used to have a rule of thumb 
that, and I cite Kevin Wilson on here a lot, but I, I think he's a very smart man when it comes to offense, that a, um, a good offense should score about one point for every 10 yards of offense. And in some ways, this is, this is a bit rudimentary. In fact, it's, it's probably pretty rudimentary. But I, I, I've often thought about Tom Allen's best defenses this way, is that basically they double that. If they can double that, they're doing well. If they're making you basically score a point for every 18 to 20 yards of total offense, that's kind of the point. They're going to give up some yards, as you said the other night, between the 30s. But, like, that's not what they're designed to do. What they're designed to do is seize on your mistakes and stiffen up when it matters. And Illinois had 448 total yards of offense. They were balanced, 216 on the ground, 232 through the air, and they scored 20 points. And, and, and like, to some degree, like, yes, they had that goal line stand. But on the other hand, if you're on the, if it's fourth and one on the one and you can't punch it in, you don't deserve to score. Like, they deserved to score 20 points. Um, Indiana didn't get lucky. And, and kind of one of the, the bigger, if you're looking for the positive takeaways from, for me from Friday night, one of the, the more overarching things, certainly on offense, but on defense too, is Indiana won the game. They were imperfect. They played like it was week one, but nobody played out of their skin. Nobody, like nobody other than Cam Jones, which is something you can sort of rely on, broadly speaking, is a very good player. You didn't walk away thinking, oh my God, if not for, you know, Brett Bielema wasn't getting on the bus thinking we would have won today if not for that meddling kid. You know, like the, 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 they won because the system worked and especially on defense, you know, as somebody who covered 2019, 2020, I know you weren't as in, you know, kind of day to day with that as I was, this is what it looked like. Give up some yards, live with that. Because when, you know, when the, when the rubber really meets the road, you're going to be the one that's there winning those individual matchups. Yeah, no, I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, and I think we talked a lot about this same deal on, on Friday, even during the game while we were watching um, but yeah, no, it, um, you know, Chase Brown gets 199 yards rushing, I think. I mean, like you, you go into this thinking, uh, you know, that's a guy that you have to stop and you really don't five and a half yards of carry. This kid picks up, you know, Tommy DeVito, 21 of 35, 232, two touchdowns. Like a, a lot of, if, if, if Tom Allen viewed his markers as, you know, what kind of production, uh, opponents get, then just about everything was bad. It's like if, if, if that's how you were sort of judging things, Isaiah Williams was another guy that he talked a lot about, about how important it was to stop him. He has nine catches, 112 yards and a touchdown. Um, but again, you know, to your point, 448 yards of total offense, 20, 20 points. I mean, that's less than um, that's less than a point every 20 yards. Um, so I think I think yeah. Illinois had I'd have to go back and look at my story. I counted my story. I think they were inside. They were in plus territory five times in the second half. And they scored and they scored a touchdown once, you know, I mean, that's, that's like, that, that's, that's it. Like that's, yes, you're going to move the ball on us. That's fine. We're not, we're never going to be the 85 bears, but when it's, when you're looking to, you know, what what is the, what is the Mike Woodson phrase when it's nut cutting time? Like we're (laughs) going to, we're going to win the, You know, we're going to win those. It's not Mike Woodson's phrase, but it's the fact that he's willing to say that on the record and press. Yeah. I'd never heard it before him. I, <laughs> I heard many say it before, just not in front of a microphone in a press conference, televised, etc. Usually they save that one for either when the microphones are off or when at least the cameras aren't on. Mike says it wherever the hell you want to say it. 
but yeah, no, I mean, and and I think another thing that was interesting um, is when you talk about just just you know spreading around the big plays. Uh, man, they rotated a lot on defense. I mean, a lot. You know, I think there were a lot of guys who got in in the football game. Um, you know, I mean, probably three sets of safeties somewhere in that range. You know, bunch of guys playing corner. Um, you know, they flipped the two. They basically they to have two. You know. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Two shifts of linebackers between, you know, Jones and uh, Jones and Casey and Jennings and Jared Casey. And so they basically flipped those a lot. You know? McCullough in there too. He, had, yeah. he, he was part of that big play early and he had six mm-hmm. tackles. Yeah, I mean, Desan at this point, I think, is a stinger and a bull. I think he's he's operating as both of those things. Yeah, essentially. That's what it looks yeah. like. And there might be there might be more that I'm missing. Um, but we're but, all like you, but you're also seeing stuff like like, I mean, just you know, and, and I recognize that like we do this more than like the average fan, and it's because mm. it's our job. But like, you know, it's back to a lot of like the fronts you'd expect, like heavier fronts mm-hmm. with linebackers filling gaps and delayed blitzes and and you know reads. I mean, like that 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 early sack that Cam Jones and um, it looks like they only awarded it to Cam Jones. I feel like Desan McCullough probably deserved a half sack there, but. Um, it was the sack that stopped Illinois' first drive. Like, I think Desan was at the line of scrimmage and 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 kind of like stunted, but was he was I think he was inside the end mm-hmm. and then he stunted. So he's probably basically playing sort of backer, I guess, at that point. And then Cam Jones delayed and they kind of got there at the same time. Yeah. Like, you know, it felt like Indiana got away from that last year. And I'm not picking on Charlton Warren, although certainly no one needs to do that considering how badly app state did on saturday um yeah well i mean that was a that was a basketball game and that was a fun that was fun that was was. it was a lot of fun and and boone was there's no defense was being played but it was fun believe me boone uh, boone's a town that knows how to embrace that kind of fun but it does um you know it did feel a little bit last season once we were able to kind of look back on it And, and again like sort of once we were able to see Tom Allen get it back to what he wanted. It felt sort of like this idea that, um, you know, that, that maybe Indiana changed one or two things, small things last year. And it was like, okay, we're, we're just going to do a couple things differently. We're not going to be dramatic about it. it. Just, just a, just a small handful of stuff. And then a couple guys got hurt. And so suddenly you had to tweak something else. And then somebody else got hurt and you, you know, and, and, and you started to struggle with this thing, with this fit. So suddenly you tweak something else. And all of a sudden, like, I think there's that, there's that West Wing episode where they talk about how first time pilots go into cloud cover and stop trusting their instrumentation. And they just keep course correcting no matter what it tells them. And they come out of the clouds completely upside down. Like Mm -hmm. it, it felt like it was all kind of best intention stuff, but like Indiana, just kept making small course corrections until you looked up one day and they were just running a completely different defense in a lot of ways. And this felt a lot, just so much more familiar. And listen, you know, there have been plenty of times where we've seen Indiana play these kinds of games and and they still get let down. They don't win the game, but when you win, you know, Tom Allen is not wrong to say this. When you win, you're allowed to sort of be like, it worked. You know, and okay, they didn't win 38 to 20. They won 23 to 20, but they won. And especially given this is week one for them as opposed to week two for Illinois. And, 
you know, all the emotional baggage that we're going to be carrying into this, like you really are just kind of allowed to be like, yes, we're back to what we, what we always wanted to be three sacks against a quarterback that didn't get sacked once last week, you know, 10 tackles for loss, three fumble recoveries, the interception. And again, the turnover on downs probably should count as a turnover because it was the most important change of possession of the game. I mean, it just, it just looks like a Tom Allen defense again. Right. Right. Now, I think it, it, it sort of connects to what you were saying about and I, that's a really good, good West Wing pull. I'm trying to remember which one, which episode is that is and what's going on in that one. It's it's, it's Senator Stackhouse that says, OK, it. I don't remember okay. uh, the, the red, uh, the red something, the red mass, the red mass. That's what it was. Wow. Was the red wedding. Very different episode. Very different from the red wedding. Very impressive. Um, but no, I mean, I, but I think it's sort of halfway connects with that, that I wonder if. Like Tom Allen came out on the, just during the press conference, uh, you know, Friday night and said, you know, you're going to give up yards. And I wonder how tough that is as a guy who is coaching for someone for the first time, as a coordinator with somebody for the first time to truly accept that in your game planning, in your, you know, preparation, like truly buying into the idea that it's okay if you give up. 15 yard plays here and there. If you get outgained, if, if you get get outgained by hundred, you know, almost hundred yards, you know, give up 450 yards of offense that you can trust that you can still beat somebody doing that. And also we're not going to hold you to, you know, your, your yards is, is not what we're going to judge you by. You know, the basically the end of the year when we're talking about, you know, staff evaluations, we are, we truly don't care how many yards you give up. We care how many points you give up and we care how many turnovers you get. Like that is what we care about, you know? And so it, it makes me wonder if that was a big part of that Warren never fully embraced or never really trusted that, you know, just in part by being a first year coordinator, just not believing that, that he wasn't going to be judged by how many yards he gave up. And so game planning is, well, we got to take this away. we got to take that away and not sort of been willing to say, all right, like we're going to come out and zone. We're going to trust the idea of playing zone vision, keeping guys eyes on the ball and, you know, standing back there and, and being willing to give up chunk plays. Cause we're, you know, there are holes in the zone that you can find and you can complete a pass there and, and you can probably, you know, find some running lanes over here and we're going to live with that because we'll stiffen up when it gets closer and we'll also, you know, create turnovers and, you know, blitz hard enough that we're, you know, we'll, we'll get home on more of those blitzes. I, I wonder if he ever trusted that. And I think it was Tom Allen just saying, you know, no one is going to believe that I'm saying this if they're new. So I got to do this by myself. And, you know, maybe Chad will eventually by working with Tom Allen figures that out and, you know, you can hand it over to him eventually once he's seen that that's what it is, that, you know, that, that really I'm, I don't care if you give up, give up 450 yards of offense, you can win the game anyway. And here's how we're going to do that if you, you know, trust me and believe that. The one other thing I, I did want to reserve, I mean, if, if there's a player of the game for Indiana, and I guess there has to be, uh, Cam Jones, I just thought was fantastic. And, you know. He absolutely it, was. It, it's it's funny because it's it's not like he's been playing in Micah McFadden's shadow. Like he's been a good player the last couple of years in his own right, but it feels like Indiana has put so much kind of on McFadden's shoulders that McFadden has this this you know this sort of gravitational pull when he's in the middle of that defense that that sort of means Jones always feels sort of like the plus one, and that and that's unfair. He's always he's played better yeah. than that for a long time, but. Um, but it always sort of feels like Micah McFadden and Cam Jones. 
um, or in then Cam Jones. And, and I don't think necessarily Indiana was just asking Cam Jones to do all the Michael McFadden things on Saturday, on Friday. It will be interesting to see kind of how that evolves. And of course, I mean, like, for example, if you're Tom Allen, like you, you might be looking at him right now. We know he came off of the injury and then went back out and, and finished the game. You might be looking at Idaho and being like, listen, Cam, you're not playing this week. Like, you know, you are like, you might dress and we, we might play you for a quarter, but like, you know, you, you need to be prepared for like a quiet Saturday night. Um, right. But, you know, the, when Indiana kind of went searching for people to to really step up and take ownership of not just what happened, because it's not like Indiana wanted to live in 2021, but more take ownership of, of digging out of that hole. Like Cam Jones was at the front of the line. And yeah, very much. So. Um, I mean, the, the way he played 12 tackles, six solo, um, six assisted, which like six solo was a, a co-team high. Um, six assisted, nobody else had more than five. And he had a sack, he had a quarterback hurry, um, he recovered a fumble. I mean, he was just, he was everywhere. And he felt like the guy that just set the tone in a game that when I've interacted with IU fans, there has been a distinct sort of like, boy, if that's as good as we are, then we're screwed. Well, number one, like most teams are a lot better by the end of a season than they are in week one. That's just reality. Number two, I think because it's week one, people are kind of forgetting they were playing a Big Ten team and not necessarily a great one, but one that was one win away from a bowl last year, one that's coached by a guy that is perfectly comfortable in the Big Ten. And if nothing else, a Big Ten team, you know, th- th- this wasn't this wasn't like 2015 when Indiana opened with Southern Illinois and their defense was so bad that Southern Illinois was going for two with a chance to win the game in overtime. And it was only because of a drop pass in the end zone that Indiana didn't go five and seven the first year Kevin Wilson made a bowl game. Um, you know, this was always bound to be a tough game. And, you know, I, I just thought, frankly, for my money, probably the best player on the field, if it wasn't Chase Brown, was Cam Jones. Yeah, but I will also uh, put up for Cam Camper, too. I mean, 11 for, what, 156? It's kind of a <laughs> I mean, I think Maxine's got thoughts. Um I mean, the the one thing I would say for Indiana fans in terms of why I think they're what their fears really stem from, the offensive line is is legitimately concerning. Like that that's not a you know oh well, all right we'll we'll come on to the, the we, we don't worry the offense is queued up I promise <laughs> sure well I know but my point is I mean defensively Cam Jones was fantastic defensively I think. Um, to, to that end, I mean, I, I, you got to feel pretty good about what you saw defensively when you take a step back from it and, and then see the whole picture. And I think that's another thing too, is because everything we just said, it comes back to this idea that, you know, if, when you're giving up chunks of yards during the game, like, especially if it's the first and second quarter, you're like, okay, one of these, this levy is going to break here, you know? And when it's not until you get through the whole game and it doesn't, that you trust that you say, whoa, you know? only 20 points out of 448 yards of offense. Okay. Like this, I see how this makes sense now, you know, like I, I see it at the end of the day, when you've seen the turnovers, you've seen some sacks, you know, you've seen the havoc at the right times to keep, to keep you from those turning into points. Then you're like, okay, I, I get it now. And I, and I don't think they were as impressed early and they thought maybe it, it wasn't great. Cause that's what, that's what happens to Tom Allen offense. There's, there's times when it looks like it's very, very beatable, but you know, like, when they have to make plays, they do. Um, so I, I, I think that there is more um, 
I think the fan base has come around has come around the defense to start believing, okay, it's it's better than it it legitimately is improved and that you know that that you are seeing the fruits of the labor here of, of Tom Allen taking the defense back. I think this team is going to have to live on, uh, on, I mean, first of all, Tom Allen teams do always sort of live on a, a bit of a knife's edge. Um, and I think that's a fair point you make. S- second of all, um, this team is going to have to live game by game a little bit. Like the, 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 they're not going to just get all of this confidence and swagger of 19 and 20 back in, in one night. Um, but I will say, I think we're going to talk about the offensive line. Quietly, I, I thought a lot else on the offense pretty good and primarily because and again i come back to this idea like nobody played out of their skin like cam camper wasn't making one-handed catches on the sideline like illinois basically went hat for hat or better in the box most of the time like like they 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 just kind of went you know if indiana had six in the box illinois had six in the box if indiana had five in the box illinois had five in the box they might have overloaded a couple times um but you know, that was primarily what they did. And then they were just playing a lot of man coverage with either one high safety or two high safeties. So it was a lot of basically just sort of go in your matchup, essentially. Like that, that, that's the challenge. And I know people are stressing about the rushing number. I don't blame them. 1.2 yards per carry is very, very bad. I'll also say what I have said for the last six years. Tom Allen's offenses have never run the ball well. It's almost like maybe it's not that big of a priority. One day I'll be proven wrong. Right. But, but right But right now. But they hired Walt Bell to make it a bigger priority. Okay, that's fine. In the same way that they hired Mike DeBoer to make it a priority. And then when they hired Kalen DeBoer, Tom Allen said he wanted to run the ball better. And then when Nick Sheridan took over, he said, we got to run the ball better. And you know what they kept doing? Throwing the ball. Now the, the pass game was not great either. Connor Baselak, I thought, had a good day. Um, the one the one interception really wasn't his fault. On the other hand, you know there were it, it, there was a, a noticeable kind of collection of either throws he really missed, like there was one up the seam to Anderson Kobe that he sailed by about six yards, yeah. and then, you know, and then some others that could have turned into interceptions. In other cases, he started four of eleven. I thought it was interesting. He finished twenty four of forty one from there. That was a good statistical pull from Greg Doyle, our columnist. Um, that's 53.8% overall completion rate, but up to 58.5% in his last 41 passes. Again, I think like the the thing to be most encouraged about if you're Indiana, and don't worry, we're going to come onto the line in a minute, is the pass is probably going to remain a priority. And the passing game worked because guys just kept winning their matchups. And, and obviously a lot of that was Cam Camper and DJ Matthews, but like even AJ Barner, who looked a little bit banged up on – Mm-hmm. on Friday night. He only had four catches, but three of them went for first downs. Yeah. And, and so it, it it's just sort of like, and again, you know, it wasn't because these guys were making highlight real catches. They they had, a you know, there were a couple nice ones, but there were also just a lot of like, you just couldn't, you know, they beat the man to the spot. You know, they, 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 they had single coverage or they had man coverage and they just beat it. Um, and that plays that lasts, um, you know, that, that is, that is something that is just, reflective of of being good and well coached i think you need number one you obviously do need more of a run game than 1.2 yards per carry i understand that number two you probably want to see a couple more playmakers step up whether it's a a running back like a sean shivers or it's a you know obviously maybe getting barner a little bit healthier or it's an emory simmons or a donovan mccully or whoever 
But I think the encouraging thing, if you follow my theory, which I've held for a while, that Indiana's offense is going to be based around the pass, regardless of what anyone says in front of a microphone or a recorder. I thought Indiana had a good day in that regard. Not a great one. And again, we'll talk about pass pro in a minute and just general pro pro in a minute. But um, I thought in the balance or on the balance, considering, you know, basically none of these guys had ever started in any meaningful capacity for Indiana before Friday night, except DJ Matthews and his, you know, his, his, his career before Friday was fleeting. Um, I thought it was a good day. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think, and, and to your point there, um, the fact that they were able to identify two real legitimate go-to guys in game one, considering they they really didn't have any idea going into this season who their guys were going to be. I mean, new wide receivers, new running back, new quarterback, like you know, obviously they've had all off season, they had all spring to get this done. And, 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 you know, a lot of guys had a lot of time to make their, um, make their case, getting two guys out on the field and then being like, yes, it's me. You can trust me. You can go to me. Uh, and, and when the chips are down, I'm your guy. Um, the fact that two guys stepped up and, and established themselves to that degree in game one is a big deal. It's a really big deal. I mean, I thought it was interesting that Walt Bell kind of mentioned it, um, you know, this week when he was talking about how many guys he was going to play, you know, he said, but, you know, we're going to play eight or nine, but we, we are going to identify who the playmakers are, who the guys that we can really trust are. So when it comes down to it, they're the ones getting the ball, you know? And so like, again, the camper and Matthews, you know, identified themselves the way they did, you know, stood, stood out to that degree and, you know, basically said down the stretch, get me the football, like, Big, huge deal, especially new quarterback in Bazelak, guy coming in out of nowhere, out of Missouri. Just a big deal that he has two guys that he believes every time are going to find a way to get open and catch the football. That's It's just a really big deal for for the future, for for what's coming for us this season. To, to Again, two guys you really, really trust, a big one and a smaller, faster one. Huge deal. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what she's mad at. The proud, the proud tradition. Uh, at our house. So we'll, we'll, we'll join you into the, and we'll bring you into that as well. Um, last thing on the offense is the thing I think a lot of people are, are going to be talking about. We've saved it to this point, basically just because I wanted to string you along through the whole podcast. Um, and if you're still listening now, guess what? It worked. The offensive line was very poor in particular, the interior line I thought was very poor. I didn't think necessarily the tackles were great and the guards were terrible. Um, but I, it felt like, you know, particularly, again, if you look back at that last drive, um, they're at least setting the edge a little bit better, whereas, you know, there were just too many times when when basic rushes and, and, and relatively straightforward twists and stunts were just coming straight up the middle in Connor Bazelak's face. Um, it's a concern insofar as that's the one area of the offense that didn't change substantially across, you know, the course of the last 12 months. Um, obviously there's some new faces in there, a, a guy like Khalil Benson, for example, getting more playing time. We've also seen kind of guys restored to maybe their more natural positions. I'm thinking of course of Matt Bedford in particular, and we'll see what Bedford's status is. He was, he, he kind of actually came up hobbling a couple plays earlier, then went down, like played through it, then went down again. He was still in pads Friday night, but he never went back in after I think that happened in the first half. 
Um, again, you know, he's one where at minimum you'd be sort of surprised to see him this weekend just because you should be able to beat Idaho without him. Um, offensive lines can get better across the course of a season. In fact, it should, you know, right. just like just like any other element of an offense. And, you know, it is worth saying Walt Bell has a lot more coordinator. I'm not picking on Nick Sheridan, but Walt Bell has a lot more experience as a coordinator than Sheridan did this time a year ago. It's on an offensive coordinator, you know, after week one and seeing those kinds of performances to say, okay, now I go back to the film and I figure out what we did well um, because we're going to find ways to make sure we keep putting our guys in those positions rather than asking them to do things that maybe we're learning they can't do as well that, that maybe we thought they'd improve, but it turned out they didn't or whatever. Um, I also think it's fair for Tom Allen or Walt Bell or whoever to kind of roll the tape and film after Illinois and be like, guys, the offensive worked when you blocked it. Like we, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't take us turning into the Avengers. Like when you, when you landed your blocks and you executed well, look what we did. The offense, the offense worked when we blocked it. It wasn't like Bazelak was running for his life and making crazy plays with his legs. You know, the, 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 the last drive in particular, it wasn't like the protection was perfect, but it was, it was pretty steady and look what happened. Um, but, but that was an enormous issue last season. That was, you know, as fundamental to Indiana's offensive misery as any other, you know, bullet point on the list, because it contributed to so many of the other bullet points on the list, not least among them quarterback play injuries, also quarterback injuries. Yeah. Right. Um, you, you, you know, to say you've got to get this fixed is is oversimplifying it. Um, but Indiana has got to be Indiana has got to do better at coming out of week one and week two to some extent because they're playing the same team in week two that they did a year ago. You have got to manage everything from Friday night all the way through Idaho to Western Kentucky and and what you improve upon, what you shift to what you, you know, what you pivot to, what you emphasize, any way that you shuffle your rotations, your starting lineup, who you're playing behind guys, whatever, you have got to get that right. As you know, you've got to get that much more right than you did a year ago, or this is probably going to look like nothing more in the history books than a fun opener in an otherwise forgettable season. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was that bad. I mean, I, I haven't done a full rewatch to see just everything, but there was just so many occasions uh, when they were losing. And, that, and and you can, you know, like they have a good enough quarterback, a couple of really good wide receivers. And the only chance that works is if that guy's got a chance, has time to get the ball out. I think they've got at least decent running backs, you know, that were practically invisible uh, on Friday night. And you know, and, and I think like they're, they're, they have options, but if they have nowhere to run, they have nowhere to run. Um, and so you, you cannot do anything if you can't block anything as to go back to Kevin Wilson, your offense is what you can block. Um, what can they block? You know, and again, they, 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 they were able to pass protect. Okay. A couple times couldn't protect anything on the run. And, but just, it, but weren't, you know, steady enough as pass protection to be trustworthy. Um, and, you know, again, with 
on, on the flip side of, I mean, they had, you know, they have 362 total yards, 330 yards passing, and only turned that into 23 points. Is what we were talking about. I, you know, basically Illinois the opposite way. Um, you know, if you if you have those good weapons, you should be able to get more points, and it's harder to get points when you're not winning up front. And so, yeah, it's it's bad. It's an issue. And you know, I mean, the question just yeah, the question is, do they have good enough personnel? You know, like is, is like yeah, there are probably things that you can scheme and things that you can do. Are these guys good enough? up front and like what's you know i don't get any sense never got any sense that there's something below them that they would be much better off flipping up there so what does that tell you about the depth of that position group right now i mean that is probably and and justifiably your biggest concern if you're an indiana fan probably your biggest concern if you're tom allen um we only have about two minutes left but i i I do just kind of want to circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning and some things you brought up like you know it's it's simplistic but and I'll give you the last word on this. Indiana is allowed to say yes, but we won. And 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 we won, frankly, because they played winning football. They committed fewer mistakes. They allowed fewer sacks. Um, they committed substantially fewer turnovers. Um, you know, Illinois had six tackles for loss. Indiana had 10. You know, you again, you go back and watch individual matchups. Indiana won them. And it's only Illinois, but... They couldn't even do that last year. It, it, it really does just feel like we've got like about 30 seconds left, forgive me, but it really does just feel like Indiana is allowed, if nothing else, come out of this and be like, not everything's fixed and we're all fine and it will be rosy forever, but all the the pain we put ourselves through in the offseason was worth it because we came out the other side, the team that we thought we needed to be. Yeah, agreed. I mean, they're, they they have a small margin for error going forward, but it's it's bigger than it would have been if they lost this game. It helps at least that you know you beat Illinois. Now you get Idaho, so you kind of have two weeks, you know, here to really gird yourself for the rest of the schedule. So um, we'll be back midweek after we talk to Tom Allen and company uh, about Illinois um, and spinning ahead to Idaho between now and then for the Indianapolis Star for the Bloomington Herald Times. I'm Zach Osterman. He's Dustin DePirac. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening.